uh, and then asks the child, says, what is your opinion, child? The child says, what is an opinion? And the hunter says, an idea that deforms itself into thinking it's a fact, which (laughs) just Twitter, you are Twitter, you are burnt. Oh, oh. You cannot handle the truth, my friends. Are you listening, Tucker Carlson? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And today we are talking about the first Bloodborne trade paperback titled The Death of Sleep. Our first first, uh, trade paperback, our first... uh, game uh our first get good game get yeah. good game the first get good game yeah get good game the, it's the, the first tri- among those yeah the triple g because you yeah. know resident evil resident evil and halo they're like you can kind of you know you can kind of walk your way through those but uh but bloodborne mm, the whole entire really purpose of that is to yeah you've got to be you can't like like I've tried Bloodborne before. I've tried playing it before, and it's not for me one of those games that you can have like a podcast on in the background or something. Like you really need to be concentrating because you're not getting any input beyond "Oh sweet Jesus, I have to jump and dodge and attack." And <laughs> oh my god, it's a mess. Bloodborne is the equivalent of turning your radio down. When you're about to make a turn on a intersection. Right. But but as a game. Yeah. Yeah. You find yourself in a neighborhood that you're not familiar with. You get a little turned around and you instantly turn down the Stone Temple Pilots because you need to focus. <laughs> Shut up, STP. Yeah. God damn it. Scott Whalen, rest in peace. But I've got to concentrate. I can't I can't, I can't read the street signs with yeah. the music so loud. I may I may have gotten lost in a rural area recently. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. There may have been a recent recent happening. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't. We don't need to get into it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I'll tell you it, it, the uh, from what little experience I have with Bloodborne, uh, I, I will say uh, that the uh, the graphic novels they're doing are, are quite lovely. Yeah, I mean it is the art. I will is pretty much. Um, it is as bloodborne as it can be without it being the exact art from bloodborne. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, they, they, they do a good job of, of, uh, uh, imitating it, uh, in the right way. If that's even the right word. Sure. Yeah. So this, this trade paperback, the death of sleep encompasses the first four issues of, I guess the bloodborne, comic book series that um, Titan Comics is publishing. And I don't know, I, I'm not entirely sure. I was, I was having trouble finding specific information as to whether they are still um, publishing new ones. I, I don't think they are because they've got the four volumes. Uh, right. And uh, the, first, the first volume of it was uh, published September 2018. Uh, okay. And there are four issues per volume. So that's 16 issues. So that's like a year and some change. A year and a half worth of. Yeah. Right. So theoretically, uh, this is this is all she wrote, quite literally. Uh, yeah. But uh, but we are going to be covering volumes one through four in the next uh, four episodes. Isn't that right, Kevin? It sure is. 
So and, why don't uh, we get right into it? Um, let's do it. Yeah. It, it's brought to us. I, the first thing I noticed, it, it's brought to us. It's written by Alice Cott uh, with artwork by Piotr uh, Kowalski, uh, which immediately uh, uh, stirs. Uh, I'm not sure these folks are from around here. Uh, instincts on my part. No, uh, uh, I believe they're Polish. Um, well, no, Alice Cott. I'm actually... I am looking at the creator bios in the back now. He is oh, see, uh, smart. no Alice is he is from Los Angeles and uh, uh, Piotr is from Poland. Okay, so okay, all right, so, so we do have just have a distinctly Eastern European sounding name for a writer. Uh, yes, and then colors colors by Kevin Enhart. I know. That's I a, I saw delightful. that. I just noticed that he's one of the colorists, and that is very close to my name. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, but it's very close. And how about here's that? The th- how about that? Here's the thing: is that I don't see. I actually never see my name spelled the way my name is spelled that often out in the wild. I see variations. Uh, I, you know, you have your Amelia Earhart's. Sure, you have your you you. There's been several. Uh, Airhards with uh, with a T at the end. So, but I still get a kick out of it when I see someone within striking distance. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's a, especially when they get the first name in there too. So, and yeah, spe- they get the first name in there. I've actually yeah. been receiving emails, and we're already off to the races on in this, not talking, not in talking this the about the best book. podcast you guys have ever listened to. We are. I've so been receiving on point. E- emails from this guy and i don't know who he is but the emails are written all in german (laughs) okay and it they are their order confirmations for things they are i've gotten several of them and i think it's i think it's somebody it's somebody in germany sending emails to a kevin Erhard thinking that they spelled it right and they might it might be with a T at the end. I don't know if I'm doxing the, the, the Kevin you know, Erhard to no joke to which these are supposed to be addressed. But that I've been getting a bunch recently. of Germany. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, because my last name, Keeling, is a way more common name in Great Britain mm. uh, than it is over here. If I meet someone with my last name, uh, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, uh, but, uh, I, the impression I've gotten from, uh, from other folks, uh, overseas is that it's a far more common name over in England, sure. especially. And I got, uh, an invoice from a hardware store a couple of years back with my name on it. And, uh, basically they'd gotten the same email as mine, but it was a, uh, like, I don't remember what it was. It was like a dot UK, uh, mm. email address or something like that. And somehow it had gotten to me. <laughs> so, yep. I don't know if they're scamming. I don't know if that's because I, I got to be honest, that's kind of a that's kind of a, an, an interesting scam. I don't know what the next step would be, but it is. You know. I, I, I can understand very rudimentary German. So if I had tried hard enough, I could read it or translate it in Google Translate. But uh, I'm not going to do that because nah. these emails are not for me. No. These are not your emails, sir. I am going to just let them sit there. Let them sit there. So Bloodborne, 
Bloodborne. <laughs> Speaking of England, Bloodborne. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what this takes place. Well, uh, yes no. and no. Yarnum is more or less a, I want to say, 19th century England, like London-esque town. Uh, we don't have a lot of shots of Yarnum, uh, wide shots of Yarnum in this book. That mm-hmm. we we do have some courtyard scenes and some of the architecture and stuff like that, but um, yeah, Yarnum well, Yarnum the, could the, be a stand-in. Well, in the clothes, you know, you've got a lot of the kind clothes. of tri-corner hats and and stovepipe hats and and waistcoats, and there's a very yeah, there's kind of a very I don't know nineteenth eighteenth century kind of vibe to it. I'm not good with years and fashion. I'm not good with fashion uh, of any kind, really. So. Uh, I just know it looks vaguely like people living around or past the Revolutionary War. Uh, so it's got a, a lot of buckles, a lot of buckles, Bus- blunderbusses. buckles everywhere. B- there's buckles, buckles everywhere. The Our main character, the Hunter, that's the only name that we're given for him so far, mm-hmm. um, or her. I was actually, about to say, it's, it's, kind of in, a, it's kind of vague there. Yeah, actually, the androgyny is commented on. Yes. Um, at one point. But we start out with our our hunter basically ruminating on the fact that they have been they've done all this before. They're they're walking through Yarnum, killing people who are just attacking them. There's beasts out on the street, the, everything's on fire, and everything is just supremely familiar to them. And that it's, it's happened before this has all happened before. And, but they can't, the hunter can't really place their finger on when or why, or what exactly is going on. Exactly. It's, it's all familiar. It's all the same, but different. It's the, it's the bloodiest version of deja vu. You've ever seen deja vu with werewolves is basically (laughs) what you're looking at. That's basically what you're looking at right at the beginning. And it turns a bit when, uh, the hunters invited into a church, a church-like building, by another group of hunters, except this one, the, the leader of which, is not interested and actually mentions, like, the, is, it, he's the only one that kind of gives a moral judgment on anything that is happening mm-hmm. in the story. Basically, the position of, yeah, the hunt is bad. This is not a good right. thing. We shouldn't be killing these beasts. And, because they're people. Uh, his, they're people. They are people. They're Even though they are cursed, they are afflicted people. They are still people underneath that beastly form. Now, um, and that's and what he talks actually, about with the, uh, go, the healing church. And, yes. and speaking as someone who hasn't who hasn't played the game as much. Now, I know Bloodborne is intensely vague when sure. it comes to, you know, the world and that sort of thing. But. A couple of times in this volume, it comes up that the church is this kind of uh, enemy force for a lot of people, that they have yeah. these strange rituals and that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, does that hold up to what you see in the game, basically? Yes. Um, one of the things that I've that I took away from the game and just we're going to be spoiling 
elements of Bloodborne as we kind of talk about this, because we can't talk about the graphic novels without spoiling bits of the story of the game. That being said, the game is not one of those games where it's it's I would call it spoiler proof for the most part, because you're not playing it for the storyline, really. Yeah, the storyline is is neat if you can suss it out. But that's not your that's not the draw to the game. Um, Right. So, yes and no. One of the things that I take away from the game is that all the institutions are bad. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Like, like basically multi- no organization doesn't have blood on its hands basically. Yeah, everybody everybody is in tr- is nobody is good in Bloodborne. Okay. Uh to an extent, they've all done things that have kind of egregiously advanced the plot to where it is today, including the healing church. The hunters now there's a whole bunch of Here's here's what I recommend. If you need to, if anyone's listening and and find some of these vague terms that we end up throwing out neat or enticing to learn more about, there's a guy on YouTube and his name is Vati Vidya. Vati Vidya. And he has these videos that will explain literally every ounce of lore in Bloodborne, including what the hunter's relationship to the church is, uh, the I, I forget. There's a there's a school, the school of Mensis, and how they are related to the church. Who Lawrence is, who there's there's a bunch of characters, and it's all intertwined together. And we're gonna we actually run into we run into mentions of a few of them in this book. So the first. The first mention is is the the institution is the healing church. And yes, the yes. healing church could easily be blamed for what's going on <laughs> currently because it's all about the blood. All about the blood. Yeah, the blood is a constant uh uh thing that they're talking about one one form of blood or another and the the big one as uh, which it leads to here is pale blood. Yes. The search for pale blood and in order and to transcend the hunt, transcending the hunt. And that's the first time we we get a hint at why our main character is feeling a bit of a, a wolfy zombie deja vu here because right. they're stuck basically in yeah. this cycle. It is the worst Groundhog Day you can imagine. You can imagine it is terrible. It's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> And no so, amount of falling in love with with uh, 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 what's her name? Andy McDowell. No amount of falling in love with Andy McDowell and proving yourself to be a good person is going to change things. You've got to get the pale blood. Get you got to get the, the pale, pale blood. blood. You, can, you don't need to learn French and no. French poetry. No. You just need to catch the kid falling out of the tree. You just. Yeah. And the kid has to have a horrible, uh, uh, terrible, flaky scalp. And milky blood and yes. uh, vaguely albino features. That kid needs some pert plus. Yeah, yeah. We're we're introduced to this kid, uh, the child. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, the Mandalorian child was way cuter. Uh, yeah. Same basic idea in a way, though. Like this, yeah. this child with crazy powers of some kind that needs to be protected by our hunter. Um, but something about the child and the child... Uh, they they say the pale blood will help the hunter transcend the hunt and to entice the hunter to 
take the child and protect him, her, whatever it is. Uh, they show that the child's blood is indeed milky white. Uh, right. And it's really gross. Uh, it's, it it's very super gross. Very Android in aliens kind of. Shit. It is. It is. It's um, what is the name of the ro- the androids from Alien Isolation? Oh, the 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 hell uh, the uh, uh, worker Joes. Worker Joes. Working working Joes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. God. Work- <laughs> They're basically working Joes. They are. Uh, yeah, or this yeah. kid is this kid is basically a sentient working Joe. Yeah. It doesn't have not doesn't have much uh, in the way of great conversation or anything like that. But yeah, still vaguely robotic in a way. Uh, and I guess the idea is that, you know, help this kid out and and, and you're going to move past the over and over and over again. Uh, right. Uh, that you have been basically getting really used to. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's really weird uh, to be completely honest, because it, it does have weird. It's so weird because it's like we've seen this story before. You know, we've seen the heroes got to help the 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 young ingenue or what have you and everything like that. It's but it's just got and this is basically the same story with this very ugly world surrounding you and no, yeah. hope, no hope whatsoever. I think and I think that is what makes the story attractive in a way is that Mm. it is a very basic story and this isn't this this isn't necessarily this isn't the story of the game this is the uh, this is a story set in the universe of the game or the world of the game um but what makes this particular four issue arc so interesting is that yeah it's that save the save the kid save the worlds but Really, it's save the kids, save yourself, and escape the world. Right, right. You're there's no there's no there's no saving bold. this place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the world that you are in is doomed. Period. Uh, they all seem to know it too, but they but what else are they supposed to do? So they're just constantly fighting back, uh, despite the fact that there's really nothing to do. Uh, so our hunter takes on. Uh, this, this, this child, this, this, they call it the pale blood child here. Uh, and the first thing I got to do is get the hell out of that town, basically. Yeah. And the, so he, the, the hunter doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. And, and spoiler alert, he fails. He fails immediately. Uh, when, for those of you who have played the game, uh, when what shows up is the blood starved beast. Uh, a blood-starved beast. Okay. Yes, okay. that is that is the the trademark visage of the blood-starved beast. Uh, this this disgusting creature, which leaks poison out of its pores, and basically it looks like it has been flayed, and the skin, but the skin was was not detached. It's just kind of like flopping oh, over its head. It's it's wrapped up in its own entrails, really. Uh, yeah, but it, it all of its guts are not where they should be. It's nope. got terrible posture. Uh, let's face terrible facts. posture. Just bent over. Uh, just a just a, a real hill of a back there. Not doing itself any favors. Uh, and I was thrilled because. The reason that I'm frustrated that I can never get very far in Bloodborne is 
I'm a monster guy. I love monsters. I, I love right. monster designs. I love all that stuff. And this, this, this blood star beast is the first example of one of the many, many monster designs that I have seen from let's plays of bloodborne or just stills, that sort of thing. I know that that game is full of kick-ass monsters. And this is the first one that we get to see uh, of that stripe anyway, uh, yeah. in this, in this uh, trade. And it's actually great. It's a great choice to use the Blood Starved Beast because for a lot of people who play the game, the Blood Starved Beast is, can be a bit of a wall. Um, okay. It's it's probably the third. It's the third boss you can run into. So it's a it's an early. It's a pretty early. It's uh, relatively encounter. early on. It's also an optional boss. You don't never. You don't. There's no. If you are just playing the standard game, there's no mm-hmm. reason you need to to kill it. Um, but people could can just get stuck on the blood starved beast because of how fast it moves. Every it's it's spewing poison everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. And our hunter decides to just try to take it on and gets poison breathed until his skin and his uh, his skin and his fats and his muscles and his hair are gone. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, this this thing pukes <laughs> up acid uh, on him, her, and uh, and leaves nothing but a skull. And creepy, pale child, child is just kind of watching with this strange, bemused grin. And then we get the weirdest part. We get the big black and red you died screen. The you died screen from from software games where it says you died. Which is which I was not expecting that there was a level of breaking the fourth wall there. Yeah, it's a a very it's almost Deadpool level of meta meta fourth wall breaking. Right, right. That you just out of this out of left field with this grim dark setting suddenly you get the you died screen <laughs> yeah uh, and 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 the hunter wakes up now i've seen this setting before so tell me what what's this setting the hunter wakes up so the setting that um the hunter wakes up in is the hunter's dream so basically the hunter wakes up and the doll is standing over top of him and the doll is basically this this creation, this creation of Garamond's, um, and I might be wrong about that. If I get anything wrong about Bloodborne lore or whatever, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you, the audience, is free to email me at Kevin was right, wrong about Bloodborne, and here is why. Dot. This is a real email address at. Um, angelfire.angelfire slash geocities.com. Absolutely. Yeah. They can I, I, they send, send all the complaints there. And we have a new email address every episode for complaints. Um, yeah. Only because that's just the way we set it up and it makes it a lot easier yeah. to categorize them. And if you don't hear back from us, just hang out. It'll, it'll come. We'll be there. Just watch the screen though. Yeah. Just make sure you don't leave though. That's the thing. Never you need to keep an eye leave. on that email. Yeah. Yeah, stay there. It'll be eventual, but it'll be. It, you, I, I please allow us 
to reassure you that our answer will be the best answer you've ever received in your life. Just hang tight and don't cheat and play a video game or something like that while you wait. We require your concentration. So we wake up in the hunter's dream here. Wakes up in the hunter's dream. The doll is standing over, over the hunter and we get introduced to the doll and the doll who is literally a doll. She's a living doll um, created by Garriman, the uh, smirking gentleman sitting in the wheelchair. Yeah, with with one foot. Yes, with one foot. And uh, which is probably the the reason for the wheelchair. Let's be honest. Um, Yeah, oh, sure. And Garriman Garriman reiterates the, the, the... the MacGuffin for the hunter. <laughs> yeah, the pale blood MacGuffin, exactly. The pale blood MacGuffin. That's all it is, is pale blood is a MacGuffin, and pale blood is, is this child is apparently chock full of pale blood. Remains to be seen because that's just a guess because the child's blood is white. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it does hold up. I mean, it scans when you look at it from a purely superficial level. Yeah. Pale so blood, white blood, you know. Yeah. So uh, the hunter heads back, heads back into the back into the hunt, the the never ending nightmare of the hunt. And instead of taking on the blood star, basically relieve, relives that opening moment a few times. Right. Instead of taking on the blood starved beasts, uh, the hunter decides, yeah, let's escape out the back. Yeah. Finally, finally breaks the pattern. Uh, that uh, clearly they've been on countless, countless, countless times. Uh, the hunter finally in this multiverse uh, says, uh, let's 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 get the hell out of Dodge. And yeah, they, they skip out the back and just head out into the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's actually the end of the first quarter of this trade paperback. That's the first issue. Um so as as far as setting up, um, what did you think in terms of setting up a, where the story's going? I thought it was interesting uh, because I know enough about Bloodborne, which is almost nothing to be fair, but I, I know enough about Bloodborne to know that it is a, um, like you mentioned before, if you want to know the storyline, it's there to be found, but it's kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's where you got to rely on people on the internet who are willing to do the deep, deep digging yeah. uh, to find out all this stuff and put it together. The people who could be solving murders with a level of attention to detail that they are putting towards these video games and their lore. Uh, you got to kind of rely on those people. Uh, and, and so, and they did a good job of giving you a little bit more, uh, but still keeping you in suspense. I think it was a good opening. And I think pretty solid. I think one of the neat things and some people mention as we were talking about the story is um, it's esoteric and ephemeral, the, 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 the nature of it, Mm -hmm. but on its, on this surface level, supremely simple. It is, it is, you have a goal get the thing and get out. Everything else is window dressing. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think a person would need to have played the game or know anything about the game 
to uh, to appreciate it so far. Uh, there are little things like the you died screen that might be a little easier yeah. to understand. Uh, right. <laughs> the 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 kind of uh, fourth wall breaking there. But outside of very small details, I feel like a, a, a reader, first time reader, never, never having experienced Bloodborne in the past could probably get something out of this still. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as a as a little Easter egg, not really Easter egg, but the character at the beginning is a guy named Dejura. Um And he is that that's the hunter that is not interested. He's not interested in killing the beasts anymore. And this kind uh-huh. of actually sets the events of this um, story to be before the game itself, because Dejura oh, okay. ends up taking, taking like residence in a place called old Yarnum, which he uses. He basically turns into a beast sanctuary in the game. Um, and when you find, um, when you, when you stumble into um, old Yarnum, Dejura warns you to back to turn around then go back the way you came if you keep advancing into old yarnum he opens fire on you from the top of a bell tower using a minigun holy shit okay and he is able to basically track you anywhere you go in old yarnum from that (laughs) from that vantage point (laughs) oh man okay okay good god um yeah well (laughs) So we've gotten so we do have we do have bits that the lore heads are going to be excited to see then. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond and just the aesthetic, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. Beyond the aesthetic. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we we're into issue two and um Basically, at this point, there is these, it's kind of set in this wooded area that is outside of Yarnum. Um, I forget the name of the woods, but it's not super important. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not super important, but uh, we get, <laughs> we get in some, some more of the, Instead of just your your standard werewolf fare, now we're getting into the weirder things yes. regarding yeah. Bloodborne. And that's and that's something I did uh read about, or rather I've seen videos about that topic, how Bloodborne starts out as kind of a classic horror aesthetic with werewolves and you know zombies and stuff like that. And then uh eventually something shifts. And you're in a Lovecraftian uh, mind horror kind of thing. And this definitely seems to be getting into that because these two are crossing a bridge and they find just some figure walking the streets across the bridge with a torch in one hand, a sword in the other. And instead of heads, it has this absolute branching mass of tentacles. Yeah, it's basically um, dozens of snake heads. Oh, that is what that is. Holy shit! Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's weird. It is, and I mean weird like literary weirdness. Uh, very very cool. 
it's it's there it's this mass of snake heads and then you he, he kills that and he turns around and there is just a tangle of gigantic snakes and it's just it's weird it is not like it is weird in a way that is i guess is the word the word uncanny could be used yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely because they are clearly it's clearly they like these are that's just a big snake and we're like well it's a lot of snakes and they're kind of all connected to each other and it's just it's a, a big mass of them it's a rat king of snakes it's a rat king of snakes and on the surface you're just like oh it's a rat king of snakes but then you're like it's a rat king of snakes that's lar- it 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 kind of comes at you in waves the right the weirdness of <laughs> of what he is seeing but in a way, it's also kind of a classic trope because it it's a hydra for all intents it's and purposes. It's a hydra, yeah, yeah. It's a multi-headed snake thing. Um, now, I get the impression here. Now, this is this is another thing that I might be wrong here, but the impression I got over the the course of the fight scene, the snake, is that our hero is dying over and over again. Once again, we're back into uh, the pattern uh, yeah. of the of the snake killing it. Until right. finally, uh, the hunter figures out the right pattern, uh, and basically Molotov cocktails the hell out of this thing. Yes, yeah, it's and that's that's kind of what I picked up on too. Is that for every time the hunter made progress, the snake kills the hunter until right. the end. Right, just uh, just inching towards victory. Uh, in a roguelike sense of the uh, uh, of it, you know, one little victory, but you still die and you take that victory into the next fight and then die again. Right. Progress over and over, and over. Yeah. Progress is not it's not an improvement upon like any statistical measures of your character. Progress is you, the player. And this is it's I'm using this as a metaphor for the game. Progress is you, the player, getting better at what to expect. Right. And and for any any of our listeners who are kind of thrown by this, um, I, I happen to know that we have a few listeners who are not like hardcore gamers, so to speak. But anyone who's ever played a game of Super Mario Brothers and you get to, you know, King Koopa at the end and you get killed the first time because you don't know what he's going to do. And he hits you with a fire or jumps on your head or whatever. And then the next two or three lives you go in and you get to know, oh, okay, he's going to jump. I got to run under him or jump over him here and grab the ax or whatever. It's all the same. That's, that's really what this is about, what they're talking about. It's a more complex version of that, but it's the same thing. Uh, this hunter is just Mario getting killed by Bowser over and over again. <laughs> And so you exactly. can figure out how to slide under there and grab that golden axe, baby. A ter- more terrifying Bowser, but Bowser oh, nonetheless. Yes. Bowser in a in a horrible world gone wrong. Uh, yes. When he got rejected by the princess one too many times. This is actually uh, a good time to point out that aren't all the blocks in Super Mario World made of uh, of of uh, toad? Toads, basically. That is that is a fact. Yes, uh, all of the blocks are uh, 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 fungus people, the people of the Mushroom Kingdom, who have been cursed. And uh, now I don't know if that's the bricks per se, 
uh, uh-huh. the blocks that you, I don't know. I, I, I feel like people would argue that, that you're, you know, Mario isn't in fact killing, uh, uh, you know, shape changed uh, toads and toadettes when he busts some of those bricks up because they're, they're more the, 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 the stones that you walk on and that sure. kind of thing, which still rude. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but that's, that's true. That was in the, uh, that was in the original, uh, instruction guide, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I don't know, Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers, uh, more terrifying than Bloodborne. Only for Precisely. you to decide. And it's, and it's knowing <laughs> shit like that, that is the reason why Kevin and I made a podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> because we absolutely, of course we read those Instruction guides. Of course we did. Of course of we course did. Of course we did. Yep. So, so the, the hunters gets but is still busted up after the fight with the snake king, and uh, we get introduced to Yosefka. Um, so Yosefka is a very interesting character. This is actually more characterization and dialogue that Yosefka has in this than she does in the game itself. Yeah, so you really only talk to the real Yosefka at the beginning of the game. The hunter decides, hey, let's let's get patched up and goes to Yosefka's clinic. And it gives the impression that the hunter has been there several times before. Absolutely. And uh, it's also an, another detail. This is the first and only time in this volume uh, that we see the hunter's face. And it is very androgynous. Now, up until this point, the hunter's face up to the eyes have been hidden uh, behind a mask. Uh, usually it's a lot of the hunters. When you see them, it's it's basically their collars pulled comically high up over their noses. <laughs> they have and, big collars. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and how do you say your name again? I, your, uh, oh, your, it's, it's Yosefka. Yosefka. So Yosefka says, what are you, a man, a woman with you? I could never tell. And the hunter replies, I am a hunter. Uh, it's 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 a pretty neat detail because you get little details from the eyes uh, that are sometimes more masculine, sometimes more feminine. Uh, and ultimately, in the end, it, it truly doesn't matter. It truly uh, doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, I th- and I think anyone, man or woman alike who played uh the game Bloodborne could agree uh, with that. It doesn't matter whether the protagonist is a man or a woman. Uh, it makes no difference because either way, or you're not, about to get your or ass non, beat. Yeah, or non-binary. It doesn't, it right. doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. None of it matters because uh, we're all getting our asses handed to Vala, us by the blood-starved beast. <laughs> Valor Morgolas and all that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so he, uh, the hunter gets patched up and... Um, Basically, the, the what did she say to uh, to them? She says something that the 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 healer says something like you. Yeah, you shouldn't have come here, dear hunter. How foolish of you. Don't you know, I cannot expose my patients to any risk of infection, which I, I guess is, is, is talking about uh, the village people that the hunter was killing the shit out of. Yeah, the, the the blood, the blood born infection of beasthood. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, the hunter takes a minute to uh, use the lamp, which uh, I was for one surprised to find out is not a euphemism uh, for hitting the jump. <laughs> used the uh, lamp. Now, could you explain to me what the lamp is, uh, Kevin? Does so that the, take it takes them back? Yes, the lamps are your method of of transversing 
the planes between the hunt and the hunter's dream. Okay. So, uh, the hunter goes back into the hunter's dream, uh, to basically get some insight, uh, from, uh, our, our strange, what was the, this character's name again? The one in the wheelchair? Uh, Garman. Garman gets some insight from Garman about what is the next step here, basically. Yeah. And Garman doesn't really give much in the way of answers. No, I, I get the impression that that's not Garman's forte. No, Garman, for the most part, speaks in riddles wrapped up in enigmas and kind of kind of like ushers the hunter away before the moon, the not the moon presence spoilers, uh, but <laughs> before before the presence hears us, which is a reference to something called the moon presence. OK, uh, OK. And and basically the conversation ends with the hunter saying, OK, goodbye, Garman. And, and heading back to Yosef's clinic. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. We get an abrupt cutoff there with Garman and what's waiting for the hunter back at Yosefka's clinic there. Uh, but the blood starved beast, this blood starved beast. This is actually, this is actually kind of an interesting concept where, and I feel like if bloodborne was made today or maybe not, because I don't know what, I don't know how Miyazaki would, would, would do it uh, or if you would want to, but if, <laughs> if bloodborne was made by somebody else, um, right. the concept of the blood, the blood starved beast stalking you everywhere is actually kind of interesting because in the game, obviously the blood starved beast is just a boss in a room, right? And you go into the room and you fight it. And it's actually kind of in vogue to have a stalker enemy mechanic well, I mean, At Resident Evil's basically the, perfected it. Resident Evil has done it in three games, but, um, you know, there's there's Metroid Dread is was announced at uh, E3 by by Nintendo, and Metroid Dread is, is going to be a throwback to the old uh, 2D style of yeah. Metroid game, and it has a bit of a stalker, stalking mechanic, I believe, with these these robots that are that are going after Samus. So it's that should be it's really something interesting. That, w- that would be interesting. Um I, I, I think it's neat that it's folded into this book that you have this bloodstarved beast that is basically just on his on the trail to to get the hunter and the child. Yeah, and and you you you're not entirely sure if uh it's after the hunter or the child or both or what, but yeah, they've they're basically right. hiding out at this point. Uh, I, I get the impression the hunter isn't exactly eager to go out and fight the blood star beast all over again. Cause <laughs> they, they probably no. remember how that's gone in the past. It has, it has gone don't. poorly in the past. Probably one of the creepiest single frames in the entire. I, uh, I know exactly which one you're talking trade about. Paperback is, is the beast leaves and uh, the child says the beast is gone. The hunter says how, and then it cuts into this this extreme close up of the of the child with a bloody nose staring into the middle distance, saying, "I made it leave. I made it leave. <laughs> Just and I made it leave. More methamphetamines, please." I'm looking at the picture, and I feel like the eyes are following me. <laughs> yeah, it's 
Yeah, fuck. I wish you hadn't brought that up, Kevin. That's um I'm uh hold on, let me hold it up and out. And yeah, yeah, definitely getting good old European Renaissance painting creepiness. Uh this is good. This is good. This is fine. This is fine. This is, um, this is fine. Is there a layers of fear book? <gasps> oh, let's find out. Jesus <laughs> All right. I'm going to find out. Hold on. Layers of fear novel. Uh, there is a, yeah, there is a, um, a one shot, uh, uh, comic. Oh, Oh, that, wait, wait, hold on, a... hold on. This is, no, uh, I think it's a real, uh, I think, no, this is, <laughs> I was about to say, it's Junji Ito, uh, but it's, uh, it's not, it's unrelated <laughs> to the game. It's unrelated to the game. It just happens Maybe. to be named Layers of Fear. Maybe we could have a bonus episode around Halloween where we just read, we just talk about Junji Ito comics. I would man- be fine manga. with that. I <laughs> I only just got into Junji Ito and, and yeah, some of them I think are intensely stupid, uh, but the ones that work, <laughs> the ones that, because uh, everyone's been talking Junji up to me for years and finally I bought one of the collections and a lot of them, I was like, this is the stupidest, what in God's name are you people talking about? And then, there are a couple of stories in there that are like, okay, never mind, never mind. You got it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Understood. Understood. Ido heard you and it's like, oh, yeah. You think it's that's like, stupid? Oh, you're not afraid of my drawings, are you? And uh yeah, and then I and then I shit myself. Uh, yeah. So did, did you read the um the Amagara Fault? No, no, I I, I want to read that one. I re- I read the collection called Smashed. Okay. Uh yeah, which was I, interesting, which had some good ones. But I have not, yeah. I have not read that uh, collection um, specifically. I've read the 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 Enigma of of Amargara Faults. Um, I'm I've read half of Uzumaki, which is a real slow burn uh, okay. one, and then there is um, Hell Oh Hellstar Ramina, which is is are any of those the ones where. Uh, people start seeing these gigantic versions of their own heads, like on balloons floating around town. No, someone I don't I need to find which one that one's in. Someone described that one to me and I was like, God damn it. I need to read that. That, that yeah. sounds awful. But A yeah, of- so far, I'm not all that impressed. Um, <laughs> the designs are pretty cool. Some of the monster designs are good. But and, 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 and by the way, for our listeners, you know, any of you who are giant. Manga, weeb nerds, that sort of thing. And that's your that's your jam. And 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 I've read the wrong one or I'm just not getting it. You know, I invite you to write me at no one gives a fuck. You stupid weeb nerds at hotmail.angelfire.com. Um, please make sure the subject line is your name, social security number and your banking account number. Yeah, that's uh, both your will, account number and routing number. Please make sure that it's clear which one is which. Uh, I, I, I don't want to have to ask you twice. I will get back to you shortly. So Josefka, she, she kicks him out. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I've done enough for you guys. Yeah. She's (laughs) like, I helped you guys out. Get out of my blood library. Uh, is basically what she says. (laughs) And, uh, we get a, we get a single shot of Garman talking to something off camera that is revealed to be a giant, 
eldritch tentacle monster beast thing. Just lit up in the moonlight. Lit up in the moonlight. That is the presence or the moon presence. Loving a, that for us. It's a thing. I love that for it's us and for Garamond and for everybody involved. It's a uh, great final panel. I really It is a great final panel. panel. So far, yeah. the splash panels in this have been top notch. Oh yeah, yeah. There, the the illustrator is is solid. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It, it it captures a lot of scope and it captures a lot of of just general creepiness. Uh, and that's just and that's without a single monster. Uh, uh, in the shot, like there there are plenty of moments where the monster comes in. And of course, the monster's scary, but. For example, in the opening of issue number three, uh, yeah. which we're at, uh, we get this big, just horrible, desolate landscape yeah. uh, where clearly nothing grows. Uh, and our our hunter and the pale blood uh, are, are wandering through it and having some of the longest conversations we've seen in this comic series up to this point. Yeah, most of it is. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's some conversation between the hunter and the pale blood, and then there's a lot of internal monologue. The hunter is basically trying to confirm that this is this is right, right? We're doing the right yeah. thing, right? This is yeah. the this is the monster. There, this is the child. This is the thing I need, right? I'm, doing, I'm not crazy. This is the right move. The child, you know, which is the child, bleeds pale blood. It must be the pale yeah. blood, right? And it's it's only fair <laughs> to wonder. <laughs> To wonder at that moment if you're making the right call. Uh, I, it does have my favorite piece of dialogue uh, in this um, in this uh, run. Uh, they're talking about the reasons that people wrap coffins in chains. Oh, and, I love uh, that. It's such a it's nice a terrific detail. It is. It is. And uh, you would think you would think there's only like one good reason. Nope. Uh, to wrap a coffin and change. No, several, in fact, several, in fact, and the hunter details them uh, and then asks the child says, what is your opinion, child? And the child says, what is an opinion? And the hunter says an idea that deforms itself into thinking it's a fact, which <laughs> just Twitter. Nailed. You are Twitter. You are burnt. Oh, oh. <laughs> you cannot handle the truth, my friends. Are you listening, Tucker Carlson? Oh, my God. So, yeah. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. (laughs) Have you heard The Hunter, my friend? Uh, So, (laughs) Hunter's having a bit of a, yeah, an existential spell. It's basically like a a mini existential meltdown that The Hunter is having. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. The kid is just, the kid is just collapsed. So, The Hunter's carrying the kid while thinking like just thinking existential thoughts. And you, for, a lot you, you of didn't cool. you didn't mention that the kid the kid stops and collapses because it's he starts it starts bleeding out of its it starts, eyes. <laughs> starts bleeding from its eyes. <laughs> Says the under hunter, can I have a can I have a cloth, please? Can I have a rag? And hunter's like, yeah, sure. Why? The kid goes, I'm bleeding, and the kid's just just blood pouring out of its eyes. So, well, you know what? The, the least you could do is give the kid a rag and maybe a, a quick piggyback ride. Why not? Why not? Uh, they do find themselves eventually at what appears to be an abandoned tower. And again, you want to talk about kick-ass landscape detail and spooky, you know, it's so great. They've, they're building a fire. Um, 
in the ruins of this giant tower. And uh, they're having a discussion about a lot of things. They're, they're just talking about, uh, you know, the fear and the, the beast and worry. The kid asks him, are you uh, are you worried about the beast? You know, and uh, and the hunter says the one that's chasing us. No, you know, I mean, it's, it's we're still we've ahead got, of it. We got some. Yeah, yeah, we're still ahead of it. We're good. And the kid says, no, no, I, I know that. I mean, the one above us. And the hunter goes, Hunter looks up at the tower. There's nothing in the tower. Hunter says, there's, there's, I don't know what you're talking about. And the kid being the spooky kid in the story, as is this child's right, goes, yeah, you know what? You're right. There isn't anything there. And you turn the page and it's just this shot at the tower and this eldritch nightmare (laughs) staring down at them. Well, the kid tells the hunter, good night. Like, <laughs> like it, I, 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 uh, I, I was dating a girl once and I get, uh, I get not so much anymore, but I used to get night terrors pretty yeah. regularly. And, uh, and I always warned anyone who shared a bed with me. I'm like, it, it, it's usually not that bad, but you might hear me talking in my sleep. You might, you know, I might hop up or shout or something like that. And I am for that. I am forever. Uh, sorry. Uh, right. And, uh, and I didn't, and I don't always remember when these things happen. So my girlfriend at the time, the next morning we wake up and she says, do you remember what you did last night? And I said, no, what did I do? And she said that she woke up uh, about two or three in the morning and I was running my hands along the wall uh, behind the headboard of our bed. <laughs> and she said, what are you doing? And I, explained to her that something was behind the wall, pressing out, trying to get through the wall. And she went, Philip, there's, there's, there's nothing behind the wall. And she said that I looked at the wall, looked at her, smiled and went, yeah, you're probably right. And rolled over and went straight to sleep. (laughs) I feel like that's pretty much this scene. (laughs) That's pretty much this scene. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. But that's exactly what happens. You were seeing these amygdala monsters. Pretty much. (laughs) And rather than panic the person I'm sharing a bed with, I just concede the point and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing there. We're fine. You're definitely not going to die in our sleep tonight, though. I'll tell you one thing that is not going to happen. Gosh. But yeah, it's it's a really well paced reveal. I it love is. that. It's moment. terrific. It's terrific. It's and, one of those things that you can only do with graphic novels. That it was so effective. And I just love the next couple of pages uh, in terms of the sque- sweeping landscape. Yeah, shots. Yeah. So well, you, you start have, to realize these, you, you get a hint of what where they are. Yeah, because they, uh, they it's it like I said it's this wasteland and. In one of the panels, they're walking, and there is what is clearly the wreck of a ship. Yeah, there's uh, some ocean in the in the far distance too. Right, right. So this used to be, you know, theoretically, you know, part of part of more of an, you know, maritime kind of area, and, and yeah. now it's just you know, like a waterfront or something like. Yeah, right, right. Uh, they do find they they find another set of ruins. And the body of what appears to be another hunter with a uh, kick-ass toothy wheel uh, club is, is, I believe, the proper term for it. 
Yeah, the Blood- Bloodborne fans affectionately call that the pizza cutter. The pizza cutter. Okay, all right. I like mine better. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I guess we can go with pizza cutter. It is what it looks like. It looks like a pizza cutter that uses shark's teeth to to <laughs> cut through all that dough and cheese. Yes. Um, yes. So they found this spot, and the kid says to the hunter, uh, "It's going to catch up with us." Yeah, and, and they're they're like in the ruins of a church, almost. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. At first, you don't realize how big the ruins are, but yeah, it it, it appears to be some temple, some sort of high gated stone temple. And uh, the hunter says, we're not running anymore. And the hunter waits and kind of has a little mention of, of not really being sure if the hunter, if they remember ever sleeping. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he could sleep in a world like that. It feels pretty. Yeah. Like when would you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think I'd prefer to be awake. Uh, but uh, eventually the uh, the blood starved beast does show up and they're fighting and uh, and and it's going back and forth. One's winning one's the other one's suddenly winning. And the hunter has this moment where they realize I, I, I'm going to die, but I'll wake up again and I'll get this. Give another try. Uh, so instead of fighting for all their worth the hunter kind of just gives in uh to what they assume is going to be death yeah uh and then we get uh one of the most horrifying uh uh panels in this uh, or pages in this and they all uh, have to do with the kid <laughs> it's always the kid by the way there are th- minimum three maybe four uh, uh moments in this book that is always just the grossest weirdest shit uh, in this volume and it's always the kid. So the, the, the beast, it looks like it's about to lay down the, the final blow on our hunter and, uh, and then notices the kid just kind of standing there, uh, 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 like Bobby Hill, just kind of standing there and not, not, kind of minding his own business. And then the kid <laughs> says to the hunter that the hunter should cover your ears and, uh, and appears to, uh, dislocate its jaw in the name of screaming uh, and just, just, you got yeah. horrible moon blood, pale blood or whatever it is, just dripping off of them. Distended, horrible, unlocked jaw, like a boa constrictor eating a toddler. Uh, <laughs> just, just, it is gross. And it literally splits the beast in twain. The beast has a moment of not realizing that it has been split in twain. And yep. then it, then it's just, it's, it's a, it's just a samurai ex- movie moment. It's samurai you know? movie moment. And it's just yeah. an explosion of blood covering the hunter. <laughs> yeah. And the hunter just kind of scowls at the kid instead of being like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Uh, the hunter just scowls at the kid. Like, like, like the kid mm. just <laughs> fucked him over somehow. And, uh, and, and just basically just help me up. And I, and I was wondering why the hunter was so frustrated. And then I realized this kid could have done this at any moment. <laughs> you little, you little shit. You could, <laughs> I died dozens upon dozens of times that I know of. You could have done this any time you ingrateful little shit. <laughs> I'm taking you back to your mother and I am never paying child support again. Oh, Jesus. 
Uh, I, yes. I get it. I at, get it. At this point, yeah, the hunter is the hunter is there. It just ends with with the hunters a wide shot of of the the wasteland that they still have yet to cross ahead right, of them, and right. you're just saying, "Help me up." And uh, we come to the fourth and final issue in uh, this volume, "The Death of Sleep." Uh, and I, I really liked uh, some of the details in this particular yes. issue. Uh, they come to uh, a town that is on the coast. They're looking for they want the, it's a, a this fishing hamlet, a fishing hamlet. Yes, yes. And Which is, is this is the, the fishing hamlet, by the way, is is one of the more like Bloodborne obviously has its Lovecraftian elements. The fishing this hamlet is, super is, Lovecraftian. is basically uh, the shadow over Innsmouth. Just yeah. plucked, plucked out, and put into the game. <laughs> I mean, that's and, and that's all it is. You know, that's fine. You know, like, yeah. it, it, But that's exactly what it is. Um, and uh, the town is covered in goo, uh, like just piles of green algae. It's and muddy and gooey, and, and and gore. Like, because there are dead folks everywhere, and uh, they are making their way through, and the villagers are gone. Um, but they're, they, you know, the I, I don't know if the hunter's trying to be, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, optimistic for the kid's sake or something. But the hunter says, I, I do not believe the villagers are gone forever. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I'm glad that someone uh, in this world could still hope for the bright side <laughs> on this thing. Yeah, the hunter is the hunter is really turned around and is just, uh, just decided to be like, you know what? Things aren't that bad. Yeah, you know, I've got a kid that can scream monsters in two. Uh, I suppose it could be worse. And sweats milk blood. Yeah, I, it's a it, it, it's a unique foster child, but it's mine. <laughs> uh, so the kid points out a note uh, that's been left for the hunter there from Garman, uh, and just seem yeah from Garman, and just knows that it's that it's from Garman and that it's for the hunter without even looking at it. Yeah. In that spooky way that the kid does. That the kid does. Yeah. And I kind of have to reread this note. It's it's kind of a long bit of text. Um, yeah. With with all of the 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 quick dialogue only broken by the occasional existential moments, uh, an entire page is a lot to read at this point. In fact, we may have fucked ourselves over for the next actual novel we have to read for this podcast. Uh, but such is life. We just got too used to picture books. We did. We did. Don't read picture books, kids. They'll rot your brain. <laughs> so, yeah, basically the gist that I'm getting from this letter is that uh, Garman is like, uh, you, you, you know, I think we all might be fucked over here, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Garman's like kid could be pale blood could might not be. I yeah, honestly and- don't know anything. <laughs> Right. And even if the kid is pale blood, I don't know if that's what we need. I used to know, but I don't know anymore. Uh, and, and the guy uh, who does, who the guy who would know is dead. Yeah. So <laughs> good luck. Uh, please try to make it to my church's potluck next week and bring that brown rice that you do. We will be doing uh, bingo for charity. Right. <laughs> the charity being the benefit of people who have turned into werewolves this week. Yes. <laughs> uh, very important charity. 
<laughs> the, the staff is getting smaller and smaller. It's weird. I don't know how that works. Uh, but yeah, so it, it's basically a real downer, uh, you know, for all of the hunters wondering, am I doing the right thing to find out that the one person that the hunter could maybe trust to know what the next step was basically says, I don't know what the next step is. Uh, that that's, yeah, that's a bummer. That's a yeah. real bummer. I don't know what to do. Um, and this is the oldest dude that he knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> So the, the the hunter finally is just just looks at the kid and says, what are you? <laughs> right. What the fuck are you? Kid? Yeah. Like, this, is, this is the first time you asked that question, by the way. Come on, man. Like, it's like you could have I asked that question a while ago, buddy. Right. Right. I know you're used to seeing horrible flayed monsters with spina diffida chasing you around, but you can ask questions of the occasional milkblood kid. Like, that's OK. No one's judging you. The child of the milkblood. The child of the milk blood. It's a race I'm working for uh, d and I'm working out the rules. I feel like that would uh, that would be a better a better uh, vampire masquerade. Uh, oh God, yeah, the milk the blood milk vampire blood bloodline. Oh God, the milk bloods. Right. The milk bloods. <laughs> Their nicknames are the sucklers. Oh Lord. So, so the kid, the kid has another little uh, tipsy moment. In, Their thralls are cookies. <laughs> can't I can't I can't you dip the cookies in milk blood. shut up Kevin shut up I can't do this god damn it because I'm gonna write that Kevin I'm gonna write that uh. this to me. I'm going to write that it's gonna be on storyteller's fault this winter I guarantee you just in time <laughs> For Santa to show up for cookies and milk. We're getting the milk bloods. Get your cookies and milk bloods. A very rare bloodline from Vampire the Masquerade. Van- anniversary. Day. Family. Are you looking for something? Family. Family. For Christmas. Get your cookies and milk bloods ready for Santa. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Jason Carl coming your way my friend jesus christ oh my god all right so the kid passes out again uh turns out having blood uh the approximate shade of uh bland yogurt uh does nothing for your constitution nothing and jamie lee curtis is not even there to tell you about the probiotic properties of it oh god would that she were (laughs) <laughs> oh, Jamie, call me. Jesus. Uh, so, <laughs> so you remember the the creepy uh, antediluvian eldritch horror that was uh, hanging out on top of the tower? Oh, yes, uh, I do. Before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it turns out the town is full of them. Full of them. Uh, full of them, but the hunter cannot see them. Uh, the, the kid can see them. The hunter does so, not have the eyes. It does not have the insight for them. Yeah. No milky eyes for the hunter. Uh, so, and, the, and they're just kind of, <laughs> My brand! Uh, <laughs> call it 1-800-CONTEXT. Please contact. We, we really, we would love for you, to, we would love for you to sponsor our show. 1-800-CONTEXT uh, for when you have milk blood eyes. For when you have milk blood <laughs> eyes. 
they'll send you they'll send you your contacts for your milk blood eyes directly to your house even if you have a weird blood bound style I fuck. Okay. So, so the kid passes out and then they wakes up just in time to point out the, the, the Eldritch terrors before them. And, 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 and they're kind of standing sentry. It doesn't appear that they are moving a lot, but I wouldn't want to touch them. No. So yeah, the kid basically does the trust walk, uh, with the, uh, the hunter who can't see. Now take four steps forward. Exactly. Uh, up here to the left. Don't move now. Now turn. Now turn around. Now touch your butt. Uh, <laughs> touch it again, please. Get really in there. Now sniff it. I ah, gotcha. gotcha. So yeah, they just, they're going through all of this and uh, you get the the the, uh, the the shift in the kid's voice. Uh, it's clearly something happening. Uh, to the kid, it's it's green now, and the the font's all freaky. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's not good. It's not. Yeah. It's 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 gone from regular font to scary font, right? And uh, but they make it under and over and around the uh, the eldritch horrors, and uh, they're making their way to the docks. They can see the boats, and uh, they're they the 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 hunters having momentary uh, uh, existential thoughts. Uh, if you have existential thoughts uh, on milk blood for more than four hours, please consult a doctor. <laughs> and uh, the looks, the, the the hunter looks down at the child, and uh, and the child. It's another one of those panels that it's all about Just why not fun. Why is this not? Why is this okay? Like this is horrifying. Uh, the, 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 you want to talk about Lovecraftian? The the kid has gone full fish person. Uh, with several rows of pointy teeth, several, uh, and asks the hunter, "Why are you afraid of me?" Uh, which I think we can all answer because you're a freaky fish-faced freak. Yeah, you are a monster. The hunter, just- the hunter drops the child, yeah. pulls down their mask, and promptly vomits. Yeah, and just kind of leaves yeah. the child there, like just like. <laughs> like finding, like finding out you had a one-night stand with a Trump voter. Just puke in the sand just to purge yourself of all the horror. And, uh, and the hunter grabs their weapon and is basically ready to put down the killing blow on the kid who is still who is basically saying, you know, I get it. Uh, the kid says, I get it. If you're going to do this, you know, I get it. I, I might not be what you're looking for, which is under statement of the year. Yeah. Uh, and basically clear that the kid doesn't even know what's happening to it. Right. Has no idea. It thinks it was um, human once. Right, right. And so in the moment, the uh, the hunter, right as they're about to bring the sword down on the kid, remembers uh, back in the town, all the talk from... Uh, now, what, what was this hunter's name again? Uh, is this the same uh, hunter? That- Dejura. So that's that's the kid's kid references, Uncle Dejura. Yes. And, uh, and uh, Dejura, uh, the, the hunter remembers Dejura saying basically... Uh, the beasts, they were human once. They still are. And yeah. so the hunter just doesn't have it in them and drops the weapon in the sand. And uh, and they crawl in inside of a rowboat and and just and they and disappear into the fog. Yeah, it's it's just the 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 most ambiguous ending you could yeah. get. We, yeah, just picks the up the kid, basically leaves and 
They're yeah. they just row out into the ocean. Yeah. And the hunter, you know, in their internal monologue basically says, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but, but shh, I got to do something. So let's let's give this a shot. Yep. And uh, and that's how the first volume of Bloodborne ends. The death of sleep. Holy shit. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, what did what did you think? I feel like talking about it really opened it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. In my mind, there's there's a lot of existential dread in this. Yes. Because yes. especially through the hunter who is just trying to figure out what does any of this mean? The hunter, I think right. there's a line in there where the hunter is not even sure if sure sure if they were a child once. They they yes. don't even remember yes, any that. they remember nothing before the hunt, you know. They just remember the hunt. Yeah, and and it just it's just it's about it. Basically, it's the existential who am I of any 20 uh, something English major, uh, but told through the lens of somebody who is actually doing something with their life. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, I used to be a 20 something <laughs> English major. I'm, I'm a, we're allowed to say that. Uh, we're allowed to say that. Uh, we have a liberal, allowed, arts, okay. liberal arts degrees are allowed to say that. We're allowed to say that about other liberal arts degrees. Yeah, I agree. It's just talking through this has been really interesting because it is it is really easy just to flip through it and go, nice, that was metal as fuck. Yeah. Um, and it is. And when I'll tell you what, we've got four volumes of these things. And and each of the titles of the volumes uh, sound like Cradle of Filth albums. Um, <laughs> you know, this one was The Death of Sleep, which, come on, metal. Uh, and... Next week, uh, Kevin, you want to tell them what the name of the next volume is, is next, that we're going to be reading? The next volume is, is that the Healing Thirst? The Healing Thirst. That's some vampire shit. I am pumped. Uh, I am really excited about this one. So for the next, uh, for three weeks after this week, we're going to be, we're going to be bloodborning it up, my friend. I'm, I'm really excited. About I am this. excited too. This is, this, this was a lot of fun. A lot this of is, yeah. a lot of weird. This is the the truest. This is the most true horror. I feel like we've talked about, or or horror in the sense of um thing that things that I kind of find genuinely scary because Resident Evil is because I I kind of categorize horror as as two things. There's like horror as the aesthetic, right? Right. There, right. it's horrific, gruesome, gory, whatever. It doesn't necessarily... To me, I feel like things can can easily just be horror as an aesthetic. They don't necessarily have to be scary. They can just be right. horrific. They don't have to scare you or whatever. Um, I mean, the, the the Adams family is horror as an aesthetic. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but it does. But it's not really scary. It's funny. You know, it's so funny. It's, it's, it's lighthearted. Yeah. It's it's it. You know, it's uh, Gomez is the he is the wife guy that every every married man. Uh, tries to live up to <laughs> we have it's all we can do man like I remember my dad telling I, my my dad told me once he said Atticus Finch is the father we all wish we could be and he's right and Gomez Adams is the husband we all wish we could be we just gotta we're just we're all just trying God just it. trying to be uh, our best Gomez every day it's it's that's it that's it uh, and if your man ain't trying to be your Gomez you need a better man 
I'm I'm not I'm not taking that one back. That one is that one is sincere. I'm expecting that to be in somewhere in the vows of your oh your yeah. wedding. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I am I am giving I am I am I'm giving my fiance Gomez with both barrels. Like that is all I can do. Uh that's all I can do. And it's cause it's what she deserves, god damn it. Oh that's uh, I love that. Uh <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's life is good. So, life is good. So Bloodborne yeah. though, Bloodborne is I found this genuinely chilling at times. Mm-hmm. It was dreadful in the actual sense of dread. Uh, yeah, not not as another way of saying it's it's shitty. Uh, it was full of dread. It was it was full of uh, not just the horrible things that roam in the shadows, but the questions of why do why am I even going to bother fighting back against them? You know what it gave you know? me vibes of. So uh, other that? than the Lovecraftian stuff, um, it really gave me for some reason. Edward Gorey vibes. Oh, sure. Sure. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's Especially a the, of- the smash cut close-ups of the kid, just like staring into the camera with those, dead oh, eyes, yeah. with those dead eyes. Right. Nothing says Gorey like spooky kids. Yeah. You know, like it's, you know, I, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. All right. Well, I think that's, that's it everybody. Um, just remember if you enjoyed this episode, Go on down below uh, or wherever it is on the podcast platform that you listen on and give us a five star rating and write us a little a nice little happy review or give us a thumbs up or, or whatever. Retweet, share, whatever you can do. It really helps us. And we just want to keep making more content for you. So with that being said, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Kevin. That's been Phil, and take care, everybody. Bye-bye.